Come on. Let's pray. Thank you, Sibylla. I appreciate it. Let's pray. Come on, let's stand surrendered. God, we thank you that we could worship you corporately and now come um, ready to receive your word. We thank you, God, that your word uh, doesn't return void. It goes out and produces uh, what it's been sent out for. So we wanna receive it like that, knowing that it can change our lives. So if there's anything in our hearts that would get in the way uh, or any area of our hearts that's not good soil for the, the word you're about to sow into it, will you um, cultivate the soil of our hearts? Will you remove the obstacles, uh, any that's hard so that our hearts would be open and, and ready to receive. God, we have a desire to do your will and even as we have this desire, we can submit to you now and resist the devil and he has to flee. Pray your protection around us and our children and I pray in this hedge of protection that you bring breakthrough, freedom, healing, direction, provision, whatever our people need, will you bring it for them and to them and then also God, anyone who's without hope and not in a relationship with you, I pray that you'd knock on the door of their hearts this morning so they can open up that door and receive you as their savior in Jesus' name. And lastly, we lift up every person in the Ukraine right now, uh, moms, dads, grandparents, and children. We pray, God, that you'd send your angels out specifically to the people in that nation, protect them. We pray that the enemy's plans would come to nothing like an arrow that's fired. It would lose its direction, lose its momentum, fall in the, not, uh, wouldn't hit the targets they wanted to hit. I pray that, that they lose their momentum in Jesus' name, that you bring confusion into their camp and you'd bring protection into the into the cities and the homes uh, and into the uh, yeah the bunkers of the Ukrainian people in Jesus name amen awesome you guys take your seats so good to have you guys with us. Uh, we've had kids take over uh, Sunday, but we've also got a special treat. We've got Brad and Andrea all the way from Zambia. They've actually been sent from this house. So can, as they come up, do you wanna give them a hand and welcome them and honor them? As they grab their mics, Brad and Andrea were sent out from the church. They work in Zambia on the Zambia project and, and um, they actually uh, ran a business, a uh, phenomenal business that was actually super popular and, and they did that to set themselves up to be generous, to go out and, and, and as a family, they, you guys have been amazing and just even as you've gone out there, we've, everyone speaks about it, how you guys, every time everyone sees you, you're just growing in your leadership and your authority but you've actually trimming, Bruce, so, so that's, you can't go there, you actually, uh, so uh, they really are great leaders for us in Zambia, and we've got three couples, they're one of the couples, but they've just gone from strength to strength, so what we're going to do is quickly ask them two things, what they're currently, like celebrations and what they're currently doing and things to come, there's three specific areas, and I don't want to give it away, but why don't you tell them what you guys have been doing, yeah. Thanks, Andre, it's so good to be in the house of your church, our home, yeah. and uh, yeah, this, the, the vision of the Zambia project is to see uh, a life-giving church within walking distance of everyone in Western Zambia. And over the last year, we've seen such incredible growth. These are completely unreached areas. There's no churches, no, no nothing. And we've seen yeah. 30 churches planted in these areas over the last year. God's been so, so good. And, and one of the things we've seen as, as the churches grow and we have more and more churches planted and, and like View Church with the reach one, one each, each one, one reach, reach one, one, we yeah. see each church reaching out and planting new churches. So to support this, we, God has opened incredible doors that we can start a radio station, a full-on kind of tower, broadcasting, awesome. DJs. 
And uh, so now, in, in, well, not now, it's March now, but in January, we launched the radio station. So we're just so excited about that to, to be preaching out, to be putting doctrine out there, programs, worship in local languages. And yeah, I'm and talking a lot. Along with those local languages, um, we've been working on a project probably for about 12 years of translating the New Testament into five previously unwritten languages. And this last year, we just finished the draft for all five languages. Come on, come on. So we're super, super excited about that. And um, hopefully in about two years, it's got to go through a process of checking um, with some linguistic experts as well as in the communities. And in about two years, we're going to publish and then send it out into the communities and they'll be able to read the gospel in their language for the first time. Yeah, that's amazing. There's, um, this year, we are really excited. There's an, there's an area that's completely, if you speak to locals, they don't even know of it. Yeah. It's a completely, completely untouched, unreached area with these tributaries running up. And we, while we are here in, uh, in South Africa, we've got some three Zambian leaders that are going out at the moment and going to investigate the area and look where the people are. And we're going to be starting to plant churches in that area. So we're really excited about what God's going to do for the next year. That's amazing. And so um, at one point we celebrated that we saw 10,000 people in church in Zambia. And and when it started 19 years ago, think about it, there was no one there. And now this is what we're doing. There's a, a radio station that not only goes out with the gospel, but it also encourages pastors who are planting churches um, in areas that would be many, day, many days walk. So it equips them. Um, we also been part of finishing a training center for pastors on the outskirts of the project where they can stay and get trained and live and eat because a lot of them would walk a day or two. Now the distance is a bit shorter. Um, and so we... Uh, the whole thing is the vision moves at the speed at which the resources is released. And of course, our most valuable resource is this couple. And so they are first released and they've gone out. But what we do as a church is we carry on bringing speed to it by also providing actual financial resource. So the reason we do these moments as well is not only to hear feedback and, and to pray for them, but also for you to have an opportunity because you might be a business person or somebody who, who would like to actually put some more speed to this project and you might go oh, what's 200 rand well a whole bunch of 200 rands makes a difference and then somebody might be able to give a bigger amount but at the end of the service they're going to be right out the doors and you can hear they, about the project they got some a, a little pamphlet with information well a card if you need to take a card for more info but but this is these moments is where we come together and and we hear we celebrate and we go okay let's add a bit more speed to uh, to which the gospel goes out in the western province of zambia so, so no, we honor you guys, and let's quickly pray for them. Let's stretch out our hand, and um, God, I just lift up this awesome couple. I lift up them as a family with their, their beautiful son. I lift up, um, yeah, I just, I just set them apart again for you, God, and I pray that you'd pour your spirit out on them in a fresh way for the specific work that you got for them um, in Zambia. I pray you give them wisdom, you give them strategy, you you protect them, bless their marriage, their, their, them as a family, bless their health, um, I pray everything they need that you provide for it. And then over above that, God, you, you blow their minds with the ideas and the connections and the resource that you uh, bring into their life to increase the speed of the gospel. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks awesome. so much. Cool. Bless you guys.
So I want to encourage you to connect with them afterwards. And then I want to remind you guys, even as Leanne prayed for people, uh, God can, um, you guys would have been writ writing a name down and our intercessory team's gonna pray with you for those people you'll invite. But you can grab your ticket for any of the three Friday services at Tableview or the four on the Sun Easter Sunday. And so remember, people say the, the number one reason, one of the biggest reasons, not number one, the, the biggest reason they don't come to church on Easter is because they didn't get invited. That was it. That's the reason. So if you take a ticket, uh, why don't you pray over that person? Take a ticket for yourself, for your family, and then also for somebody you want to invite. And then what the and I normally do with our invites is we also buy them a gift and give them the invite with a gift. And the Bible actually says your gift makes room for you. So why don't you, after the service, go grab uh, a ticket for Friday and Sunday because it's a two-part Easter experience. And it also allows us to know which services are a bit fuller. And then if we have to redirect people to another service, that's got a bit more space. So I encourage you to do that. So we started our brand new series, uh, Unstoppable, and we looked at the church. And one of the things we spoke about on last Sunday was that um, there's a man who finds this treasure in a field. Then he hides the treasure and he goes and buys the field. Of course, he pays the price for the field. He doesn't pay the price for the treasure because uh, the treasure is worth so much he couldn't afford it. But but that's how that's what happens when we get to know Jesus. That that there might be a price we pay to to get close to him, but the things we receive from him the treasure will never be able to pay for. It's a free gift and, it, and this man finds the treasure and he ends up selling everything and getting his life in order so he can purchase the field. But he knows he's not just purchasing a field. He's actually trying to get close to the treasure. And, and just a thought that I had, even as the, the church is unstoppable, because the, the church almost, um, you, you get too close to the treasure in the church. And the treasure is Jesus. And yes, uh, the, the church can, can, can sometimes feel natural, uh, but Jesus in the middle of it makes it supernatural. So I encourage you, even as that man bought a field, don't, don't disconnect from the, the field in a way, the natural part of actually being part of the church and just go, you know, all I need is Jesus. No, no, that man also has to buy a field. <laughs> and so the church is supernatural, but a lot of people can get disconnected from the church because it can feel a bit natural. People make mistakes and we're human, but, but it's in the church that we end up partaking in everything Christ has from us because it says we're part of the body of Christ, that you've got a part in the body. And so, yeah, I just thought... Uh, I just want to encourage you guys, as we saw in the Psalms, that those who are planted in the soil, in the house, that they flourish and they experience the, the fruit bearing that God has for your life. Now today, I want to speak about the, the Word of God being unstoppable. And I actually want to look at the book of Haggai, the prophet Haggai, who brought a word to the Israelite people. Um, if you want to get some context, well, the Israelite people have been in exile for 70 years, and then they come back and they start to build the church, the temple of God again. Uh, but in the season of building, they get discouraged and they get unfocused. They, they, and, and, and God then speaks through the prophet and calls them back to building the church. But, but this was 16 years after being coming out of exile and, and, and they had started to lose a momentum. Ezra 4 verse 4 says, Then the people of the land tried to discourage the people of Judah, and they troubled them in building. And, and what I find is whenever you get discouraged, you will stop building the things that God wants you to build. 
Uh, discouragement is a, a tactic of the enemy. And if you have been discouraged, you'll find you will lose your energy to build what God wants you to build. And you might start to only have energy to build selfish things, things that are for you. And, and then um, Ezra goes on to say to them, you know, you are also, also doing some good things. You're going to work, you're working the field. And, um, but you don't feel satisfied. It's like you work hard and your pockets are empty. It's like you, you go and work the field, but the harvest isn't much. And, and the prophet points out, it's like God's taken his hand off your work. And, and even though you're working, you're still not satisfied. And, and we think of that scripture, whatever we, um, the Lord builds, uh, without the Lord, if we labor by ourselves, we, uh, we labor in vain. Unless the Lord builds the house, the laborers labor in vain. And it makes me think of that, that scripture. But they were laboring, but they were laboring in vain. And, and I always think of Moses where he could go to the promised land before they actually were released to enter the promised land. He asked God if they can go. And God says to them, you can go. These people are disobedient. He says, but, but I'm not gonna go with you. And Moses then says, well, if you don't go with me, I'm not going. Because I'd rather be with you in a desert than in a promise without you. I would rather be in a tough season with you than in a good season without you. And, and people don't get that. They, they somehow think that, that good seasons are blessed seasons. No, God's seasons are blessed seasons. Okay, see every season with God is your most blessed season, no matter what you're going through. If God's with you, you can have the peace of God. The peace of God isn't a circumstance, it's a person, it's Jesus. It's His presence in your life. And Haggai says to them, you've been working hard, but it's coming to nothing. But I wanna call you back to working with God. Call you back to a life, because it says when we take on His yoke, it's easy, His, his burden's light. And, and there's something about working with God in the way you do your business, the way you do your relationships, the way you do your church life. If you could do it with God, you're gonna be good. You're gonna have contentment, but there's much work you can do out there and much money you can make and much of your life you can spend and you can work your butt off, but not feel content at all and go, is this really what life's about? And I think in those moments when you work hard and you get rewards, but it feels empty, that you really have the hardest seasons because you start to go, what is this all about? But if you are having a season of working hard and no contentment, it might be the grace of God showing you that you need to reorder your life. Just talking to you, saying, hey, I'm doing this by my grace because nothing will come of this until you just restructure your life. I'm not saying don't work hard. I'm just saying reorder your life. And Haggai is actually calling them to put God first. And you guys know it. Um, God's never come second. He's never come third. He's never come fourth. If he's not first on your list, he's not on your list. So, so what Haggai does is he comes with a word and God sends Haggai. He sends a prophet to the people. And, and what when God wants to speak to the people in the Old Testament, He sent a prophet. When God wants to speak to us, He sends His Word. And it's the same thing as sending the prophet. So God sends His Word and people were off track, out of order in the means of how they ordered their life, losing momentum, working hard for no, um, no results. And God brings His Word to actually get them on track and start to get them moving in the right direction. Haggai 1 verse 4 says, it, uh, Is it time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses and this temple to lie in ruins? 
So God awakens them again to what He wants them to do in the selfish state, because discouragement will always lead you to a season of selfishness. Because you understand, um, pride, um, you can be prideful and get to a selfish place, or you can be discouraged and get to a selfish place. You can be hurt and get to a selfish place, because in that hurt, you'll protect yourself, and then you'll wake up one day, and you'll build, you would have built a wall. And the only person behind that wall is you. And just like the prideful person only focuses themselves, so is the hurt and discouraged person. And so God calls them back to live beyond themselves. And He says, isn't this the time to build my house? And the first thing I want to say to you is, we need the Word because it brings a challenge to finish what we have started. It brings a challenge to actually finish what God has started. God will always use His Word to call you back on track to building the things He's called you to build. Maybe it's a business that you started and you want to give up, you feel discouraged, but God put that dream in your heart. I promise you, in the Word of God, you'll find, feel encouraged again to build that business. If it's from God, he, you will find courage to build the business again. Maybe it's relationships you let go of, and God's going to give you courage to carry on building it. Maybe it's about being part of the dream team. You actually got a role in the church, which I believe everyone has a role actually should be at the top of my example list, but serving in God's house, being a servant. But maybe you've actually stepped back. God's Word will always remind you to carry on building that thing. And that's the gift of God's Word. If you've stopped, God's Word will start you off again. It's unstoppable. And, and the more you feed yourself God's Word, the more you can go on the way that God wants you to go. And that's the gift that God gave to these people in the season of disorder. God brought them back on track and said, this is what I want you to build. Haggai 1 verse 5 says, now this is what the Lord Almighty says, give careful thought to your ways. So he says, you guys have been living in a way that I want you to be careful about. You need to give, be care, give careful thought to your ways. And, and the second thing I want to say is the Word of God is detailed in how we should live and build. I found this over and over in my quiet times. God has spoken to me specifically about the thing I'm supposed to build next about the things I'm supposed to do. And you go, well, is that true? Well, yes, that's actually in line with Scripture because it says the Word is a lamp to my feet. The Word of God is all about your next step. The Word of God is there to help you. And, and so even as you open your Bible every morning, open it believing that you are opening the lamp to your feet. You're putting the light right in front of you. The next step you need to make with business, how you do your budgeting, the next step in your relationships, the next step in serving, it's gonna be right there in the Word. Don't do yourself a disservice and not open the Word in the morning. Don't do your business, your relationships a disservice when God's actually given you the Word. It's a lamp to your feet. God's gonna speak you. He's going to give you detail, and He actually gives them detail. Haggai 1, 7 to 8 says, this is what the Lord Almighty says, give careful thought to your ways, go up into the mountains and bring down timber and build my house so that I may take pleasure in it and be honored, says the Lord. God was very clear with them. And God does that for us. And that's what the Word does. It makes our lives clear. And, and when we've got clarity, again, we become unstoppable in living for God. Where have you become vague? You know, you just become living in a mess. Oh, what's the big deal? Well, God actually wants to speak to you about that area of your life. 
God actually wants to give you clarity. He doesn't want you just to live by chance. He loves you. He, you're His child. He's your father. He wants to speak to you about the specifics. He wants to give you direction. Um, don't live in that vague or even start to open the word second guessing. Oh, it's just, I'm not going to get. No, no. God says, come confidently. Don't think that, uh, it says in Scripture that if an earthly father gives good gifts to his children, how much more will your father in heaven give you good gifts? He goes on to speak about the Holy Spirit, but, but that's the heart of our father. He's not going to try to trick you. He's not going to try to trip you up. He's going to give you clarity. His word is a lamp to your feet. And the third thing I want to point out is that the word of God is with you. It's It's close. If you look in Proverbs, it actually says that uh, they speak about wisdom being a lady. It says she stands at the corners, at the crossroads. She calls out. She's telling you, turn left, turn right. But, but it's up to you. Are you going to, the Word of God is close. And even as the, the people started building the church again, the Word was close. And, and, and Haggai 1, 13 to 14, then Haggai, the Lord's messenger, gave this message to the, the, um, of the Lord, this message of the Lord to the people. I am with you, declares the Lord. They'd already started to build the temple. And in the building, God, tested, God encouraged them through the prophet saying, I'm with you. I'm close. And you know, in Proverbs it says that a, that a fool will, will walk into wisdom and knock his head and he'll go, what was that? <laughs> but that's how readily available, that's how close it is to you. But the wise man walks into where and he goes, there's wisdom. Now, of course, what's wisdom? It's the ability to apply God's Word to your life. It's the ability to discern the right thing. Because the Scripture says, um, honey is sweet and it's good. Then the next script says, but too much honey will make you sick. So you're telling me the thing that will bless you and the thing that will make you sick come from the same pot? <laughs> yeah. So it's your discernment, your ability to discern what's enough, to discern when's too much, to discern what's actually overwhelming you. And, and wisdom, the Word of God is available to you to give you that discernment. It's close, and it's especially close to those who are in the journey of working the plans that God has for them building the things that God, it's close to those people. And so even as you wake up and you've been obedient, God's Word is close to you all day. And you can just close your eyes and say, God, what do you want me to, what do, you want me to do? Or, and, and you can read the Word. You can, you can start, listen, if you're making big decisions in business, I recommend just morning, have breakfast, stop for, you know, you just open up your phone at lunchtime, have a, have a bit more, have a, a bit of lunch, have a bit of supper. But, but don't give, give yourself the best chance of making great decisions, especially when you're making decisions. It says she's crying out at the crossroads. God is on his toes ready to help you when you're about to make a decision. It's like he's, he's ready. He's like he's leaning. And so never has it been more true that God's word's close. It's in your pocket. It's on your phone. You know what I mean? And so, so I want to encourage you that God's word's close to those who are building God's plans. And, and you know what? Um, I want to encourage you to... to to, get, to make the most of it. Number four, the Word of God gives you courage to build despite the opposition. You know, we do not need good circumstances to build God's plans. We do not need everything to go our way to build the world, to live out the will of God. We don't need the perfect economy. We don't need a, a war not to be happening. We don't need COVID to be gone. You can carry on building. You understand? It, it says in this life you'll have trouble, but, but don't worry, I've overcome the world. God's calling us to Him. The one who's conquered, who's more than a conqueror. He's saying, come with me. And He speaks to us through His Word. 
Haggai 2 verse 4 says, But now be courageous, declares the Lord. Be courageous also, Joshua. It says, And be courageous, all, all you people of Israel, of the land, declares the Lord, and work. Carry on working, for I am with you, declares the Lord of hosts. And in your discouragement, you might drop the, the tools and stop showing up at work and stop making the phone calls and stop advertising and stop taking care of your clients and stop building relationships and stop serving at the church. But God would say to you, don't get discouraged. Carry on working. Despite the opposition, you will conquer with me. Listen to my word. I'm speaking to you. Carry on. Carry on building. Carry on doing the work. We do not labor in vain if we're laboring for the Lord. The circumstances might be tough, but we are laboring for the Lord. We're not laboring in vain. We carry on building. Can I have the worship team up? When you and I take the word, we take courage. That's what we take on. We take courage. We, we actually are feeding ourselves courage when we take the word. If you've started out in obedience and building what God wants you to build, building his house, serving as a dream teamer, if you're building your relationships for God, if you're building your business for God, whenever you read the word, you take courage. You're putting it in you. You say, I need some courage for breakfast today. I'm about to go out there and do some work for God. But what are you feeding yourself? Are you malnourished on courage? The word of God is courage. Eat it. Breakfast, lunch, and stuff. Give the, the more courage you need, the more you need the Word. You eat that Word. And, and you do it by faith. Joshua is told in Joshua 1 verse 7, be strong and very courageous. So he calls him, be strong and very courageous. Then he, get, then he tells him practically how to do it. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or the left that you may be successful wherever you go. So be courageous, be strong. Okay, here's the practical. Get into my word, keep it close. Don't turn to the left or the right of it. Follow the word. You know, Joshua, the difference maker, the X factor on his life was the word. The X factor. You know, uh, John Maxwell says this. He says, you know what the difference between ordinary and extraordinary is? Just the word extra. <laughs> he says, that's it. And you know what's the difference between you having an ordinary day and the extraordinary day is just an extra word from God. It's just a bit of an extra word from God. And, and, and you need to give yourself the best chance of having an extraordinary day. It's just gonna take a bit of extra time. Maybe just a bit of extra time waking up in the morning, reading the word, getting close to God. Because if God is with you and He's for you, who can be against you? Joshua, be strong and courageous, obey my word. Some of us are living at a lower level of courage because the Word is at a lower level in our life. Like, like your courage level is low because your Word level's low. Maybe your news level's high. It's like next level. You know, you're like an eight out of 10. If you were gonna pass for news, you, were, you get the pass mark. But, but then you find that your fear, your anxiety, your worry level, your discouragement level's at another level because your news level's higher than your Word level. You know, some of us know a lot about things that we don't really know, need to know about. You know, things we don't need. I know some of them great. And even as I say, know the Word, it's good to know the Word, but it's more impressive to live the Word. So it's not actually about how much Scripture you know. It's really how much Scripture you live. That's the thing. So it's not like, oh, I know all the Scripture, but how much you live? Even if you live just one or two, just live it. And see God change your life. 
Number five, the Word of God reminds us that favour follows courage. Favour follows courage. As you start out, you have a desire to be obedient and you start out. Then as you go, God's Word's close and He gives you courage. And then all of a sudden, one day you wake up in favour. A lot of people go, why am I not experiencing favour? Well, have you taken the obedience and courage step yet? How do you take it? Well, the Word awakens your obedience. The Word fills you with courage and then leads you into a place of favor. And God says this to them as they build because they would have got discouraged. And in chapter two there, He encouraged them and He says, um, in Haggai 2, 8 and 9, the silver is mine, the gold is mine, declares the Lord Almighty. The glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former house, says the Lord Almighty. And in this place, I will grant peace, declares the Lord Almighty. And I want to encourage you, if you're building it for God, you might feel discouraged, the economy might not have worked out, things might be going wrong, but what you're building for God will be greater than anything else you've ever seen because God says He will bless it. And He says, silver and gold is mine. The glory on this will be greater. The peace, and, and, don't, and you know why? Because they remembered Solomon's temple. They said, remember how Solomon's temple was. We will never build a temple like Solomon. And God said, no, you won't build a temple like Solomon. You will build something that I'll bless and it'll be even greater than Solomon's temple. I'll build something even greater than, and that's why for, with God, we do go from glory to glory to glory, from strength to strength to strength. Number six, God's Word is a promise that we can build our lives on. Haggai 2 verse 5 says, As for the promise which I made uh, with you when you came out of Egypt. What's crazy about that is, that's a promise that was made years and years and years ago as the Israelites came out of captivity. Now he's saying to that, they're speaking to them as if it's their promise. It's like their forefather's promise. And he's like, just like I made to you in Egypt. You didn't make it to us in Egypt. That's how good our God is. You can try to change everything, but He never changes. His promises stay the same. His promises are yes and amen in Jesus Christ. And you can build on His promise. The, the country, the world may change. All the things can go weird around you, but our God stays the same. He's a faithful God. If He's promised, He's not a man that He'd lie. And I promise you, He says He's for you, not against you. You can build your life on the promises of God. Open up His Word. You are building your life on the Word that He's promised that He will fulfill. And lastly, you guys want to stand up quickly? The Word of God builds faith. Romans 10 verse 17 says, So then, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. The Word calls us to a life of faith. And then the world ends up building us as people of faith to live out the Word. The Word calls us to a life of faith. Then the Word helps us build faith to live out the Word. I wanna take a moment to worship God. But maybe you need to, again, pick up the plows, carry on, be encouraged to carry on doing the work God's called you to. Maybe you've taken your eyes off the goal and you've become started to labor in vain and you, what you're building is not satisfying, but God's saying, why don't you trust me? I'm gonna help you build something that the glory on it will be greater than anything you've seen. And I promise you, I'll be with you. My word will be near to you. I'll give you the courage and you'll step one day into the favor. But, but I wanna encourage you that all these other things out there, they're not gonna bless you. I can bless you. I'm the only one that can bless you. And maybe in this time of worship, you need to speak to God and maybe just respond to whatever God has asked you, just even doing in your heart. So maybe even as I encourage you to, to carry on, pick up that plow and start doing the work of God, whatever in your 
relationships in the house. Maybe you're not serving the house, you need to step into it, get into growth track, discover your gifts. Maybe it's in business. You've been feeling discouraged and, and God's encouraging you. I actually gave you that dream. I blessed you with that business. I gave you that idea. I want you to carry on. I'm gonna bless it. And the glory on it is gonna be greater than anything you've ever seen. If you do it for me, I'm gonna be with you. I encourage you to step out in that. Maybe you are in this place and you're actually far from God. You used to be close to Him. He used to be the leader of your life. The scripture says, in the scripture, we hear preachers say that, you know, if He's not Lord of all, He's not Lord at all. And, and of course, Scripture says that if we seek Him first, you know, he would, He'll add everything. And that's in a way what Haggai was saying. If you seek God first, the glory on this thing is gonna be greater. And so maybe He's not Lord of your life. And what it means is He's first in your life. That's all it means. And he's not second, He's not third. And if something else is first, it means He's not Lord of your life and it means He's not Lord at all. So when you come to Him and receive Him as your Savior, you're also making Him the Lord of your life. There's two, there's two different decisions I believe people are gonna make. Some people are gonna ask Him to forgive them of their sins. Some people are gonna return to God and others need to make Him Lord of their life again. Where He's actually not Lord of your life. He's not the leader of your life. And you're gonna say, Jesus, I want you to be the leader of my life. So I wanna pray for both categories. And it's simple, you're gonna, if that's you, I wanna lead you in a prayer, a confession. Because the Bible says if you confess your mouth, Jesus, Son of God, believe in your heart. God raised from the dead that, that you'll be saved. That, and those who call the name of the Lord will be saved. And we're gonna make, ask Him to be Lord again in that prayer. If that's you, just with every eye closed, I'm gonna count to three. Just give me a wave. Say, will you lead me in that prayer? I need to come back to God or I need to make Him Lord or I need it for the first time. I need Him to forgive me of my sins. One, two, three. Just pop your hand up. Just give me a wave. Awesome. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Anyone else? I don't want to miss out. God bless you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In that moment, as you've, Scripture says, if you acknowledge Christ before others, Christ acknowledges you before our, our Father in heaven. You know what I mean? Even as you've done this by faith, that heaven celebrates. Right now, there's a party in heaven as you've responded. That's what heaven's all about us coming back to God us receiving forgiveness, us making Him the Lord of our life. I'm gonna quickly pray. Well, let's pray as a church family because we all prayed this prayer at some point. Some of you are doing it for the first time. Some of you are actually praying it again and saying, God, I actually wanna do this afresh. Jesus, I confess with my mouth that You are the Son of God. I believe in my heart that God raised You from the dead. This morning, I call on your name. Will you save me and be the Lord of my life? Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Come on, let's give praise in this place. Come on. So for everyone who put their hand up, you might've made a recommitment, a first time commitment. You might've asked him to be Lord of your life. You said, I'm actually out of whack. I'm gonna reorder it to you first. I encourage you, we got following Jesus. We've done it in person, we do that as well, but we also got it online. It's on futurestailby.ca.za. It's a seven-step course, learning how to follow Jesus. That's it, that's simple. How do I follow Jesus? Anyone can do it in the room. You can do it in the comfort of your own home. I encourage you to do that. And if you don't wanna do it online, when we advertise it in person, I encourage you to come. We just did two table view at Malpus. We did it in person ones and people came, it was awesome.
Then for all our new people, as you walk out the doors, there's gonna be coffee for you, your first coffee. People who drink our coffee for more in love with Jesus, they drink it, they say, thank you, Jesus, for this coffee. It's actually a spiritual step. I'm gonna ask Brad and Andrew now to step to out to the back. They go out first. They're gonna be out the doors. Please speak to them. They're building churches. They are broadcasting the gospel and they're translating the Bible into different languages. Come on, speak to them. Let's partner with them. And then if you need your Easter tickets as you go out the doors, you can grab these and invite your world. God bless you guys.